Shut up and sit down. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Third Shift. This is episode 146. This is the Borderlands Gearbox E3 special. Oh, my goodness. So many good things to talk about. You know me. It's me, your boy, Matt. I'm the greatest host, the greatest man who has ever lived. And with me, as always, for like the fourth time this year already, it's Snuffleupagus Eric. Welcome to the show, Eric. How are you feeling today? Hey, it's me, Eric. Welcome back to another show. Glad to be here. (laughs) I am in tip-top shape. So, you know what? <laughs> My father-in-law, he had to have some more uh, surgery crap done, and he ended up getting a head cold, a really bad head cold, and he came over to stay at our house for a few days to recoup and recover, and he gave it to me. <laughs> How gloriously kind of him. I'm so happy. Awesome. Yes. So happy. So that came on yesterday. But before that, this weekend was my daughter's last big soccer games. We went out and had a blast doing that. I enjoyed watching her, you know, especially the older one because, you know, she knows what she's doing. The games are really cool and mm-hmm. fun. The younger one actually starts started to play finally. She's actually scored two goals. So I'm like, oh, nice. all right, she'll be on board. So next year is going to be really good with both of them doing that. But for now, that is finally all said and done. The summer has arrived officially. The wife and children are out of school. There is no more dance, no more school, no more friggin' soccer, none of that. We still got Girl Scouts, but that's a really mm-hmm. tiny one. It's no big deal. We can handle that. Let me just summer on the show. Ah, man. There we go. <laughs> Woo! You guys, nice. anybody who's parents, y'all know it's, jeez, it's never ending. And I told myself, I've said it a million times, I told myself I would never do this. I said, I ain't going to be that parent mm-hmm. going to 10 events and doing all that crap. Them kids are going to go outside and run back and forth and play. And look where mm-hmm. I am. Look. Look at what has become. <laughs> you got plenty of land out there. Just say, hey, it's time to run to the fence and back, girls. That's right. Get. Sad part is we do do that sometimes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> go run around. Go, 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 go. You know, kick the ball, you know, like way out there. Go get it. Mm-hmm. It's fun times. So we did that. <laughs> you basically are playing fetch with your daughters. That's what you're telling me. That's what you do. <laughs> I just throw a big stick and they, 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 run they and chase both got to carry it together. It teaches, it teaches them teamwork. teamwork. Like the three-legged race. <laughs> Jeez, man. Come on. Get with the program. I've told you before, raising kids is, you know, sort of like dog we all made it through it we were all right <laughs> so anyways sunday rolled about guess what it's e3 everybody it has come we have seen all the different events i was watching them sitting around the house feeling like a lazy bum in the middle of getting these things done getting told i need to go run and do something or run an error to do this so i'm trying to watch it on my phone mm-hmm. as i run to the store or run over here Woo. I feel like I'm crazy and I shouldn't do it. I feel like I should just mm-hmm. let it go and then just go scope out the websites afterwards and just find out what happened. Yeah. But I feel like I'm missing something if I don't watch the presentations, if I don't go sit and actually mm-hmm. watch the whole thing as it's happening and be aboard that hype train or anti-hype train or whatever you want to call it, depending on the year. Yeah, because I think for me, it's, I'm in the same boat. Like I feel like I have to watch it. As a gamer, it's my duty to watch it. But then a lot of times it's, oh, look, here's the Square Enix presentation. And I like Square Enix. I got nothing against them. But, like, nothing they showed appealed to me. Or, like, some other presentations coming up. I know they're not going to show a lot that's good for me. But I'll have to put it on. And, like, I'll be playing my Vita or, like, looking down at my phone or reading my book or something. And I go, it's going to be like, is it? Oh, okay. Like, I have to, like, half divide it. Because if I just sit there, I go, well, that was a waste of time. Mm-hmm. But if I don't watch it at all then what kind of gamer am I? I'm not, I'm not even yeah. one anymore. You're not, you're not even paying attention. You're going to become James, basically. Yeah. Uh, well, Eric, what's the game? Uh, uh, I don't care, man. Whatever, dude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just go away. You're not going to be able to have a conversation with me about it. Oh, man, come on. Oh, okay. Oh, man, fine. I'll leave you alone. you read that book? No. Oh, okay. No. Okay. Yeah. So, did that. Had a great time. It is now, well, E3, the presentation side is over, but now, of course, it's getting in everybody playing the games, getting hands-on impressions, all sorts of one-on-one interviews. So we're going to be staying tuned for all that. But for now, that's been my week. I don't know what else I've done. The head cold, you know, it's closed <laughs> off par- 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 portions of my brain, which, as you guys already know, is already a heckle of a mess. Mm-hmm. So here we go, Matt. What about you, buddy? Well, I have not been sick 
this week, but work has been absolutely hell as it always is. And that's just, that's great. That's a fun time. That's always wonderful. Uh, but the two things I did do fun over the weekend, went and saw rocket man, the Elton John movie. I thought that was actually a lot of fun, really cool. Like I was sold by the trailers anyway, but then when I got into it, it was a lot more like, like a traditional musical than like say Bohemian Rhapsody was, which was kind of more of a straight movie with music segments. Like there were a lot of like big dance numbers and stuff going on in this one. But then also not to the degree that it was a full musical. So I thought it was kind of weird. It needed more big, bombastic musical segments. Although what it had there was really cool. So I don't know. Obviously anybody who's a fan of Elton John should see it. But if you just like musicals in general, I'd say it's a pretty good movie. I had fun with it. It was, it was a good time. Seeing all these weird movies, man. I don't know about all that. I don't like drug al- druggies and alcoholics. I don't think we should celebrate them. But they get better, so that's worth celebrating. Yeah, that's true. And besides, even if they did it, they created wonderful music. So, you know, mm. there's something to be said for that. So, yeah, well, props see, to them, I guess. Whatever. Well, see, just <laughs> like with Bohemian Rhapsody, I went in, like, I know some Elton John music, and I like a couple of his songs really well. But, like, what he was most famous for when we were growing up was, like, the Lion King song. Yeah. And I was like, oh, what else has he done? Oh, he's done all this stuff and had this huge career and, you know, the the story of his success from coming over to America from Britain and seeing like the, the old seventies rigmarole and stuff they did. It was so cool. I was like, wow, I had no idea. He was like a big rock star. Basically I had no clue, no freaking clue. It's before our time, man. That's right. Which we makes me for white snake, <laughs> which makes me sad <laughs> because as I was watching the movie, I was all 70s, 60s stuff I'm watching. I'm like, man, everything back then had so much character. Like even like the fonts and the, just like the cars, the clothes, the, everything about it. It's like, wow, that looks like real and like old and, you know, weird and strange to my modern person eyes. But it's like, it looks like a real thing. Like everything nowadays is all sleek and... Mm-hmm. It's like things used, to, things used to be interesting and like looked like they had texture and, and physical flair. I don't know. It's, uh, I agree with you. I like that. Mm-hmm. I like how, you know, there was a time when things were unique to yeah. themselves and looked really out there. But I cannot fully agree because some of it was just atrocious. Yeah, I mean, I'll agree with that. it was just over the top, ridiculous, and mm-hmm. it should not have existed. So, look, we need to meet in the middle. You know what yeah. I mean? we got to meet somewhere in the middle because I'm not all bored this whole sleek, you know, super metal. Everything's metal. Everything's white and pristine mm-hmm. and, and minimal or whatever. Yeah, you know, yeah. I'm not on board all that either. But, yeah, I, <laughs> you know, them shag rugs and the giant, you know, that kind of the wallpaper and stuff. But those giant boat cars, you see one of those, you, you know those are awesome. Oh, God. Big, big old caddy. Why we thought that was a great idea, I'll never know. just <laughs> 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 For no reason either, because back then the engines were just these tiny little things in this huge expanse. You could uh-huh. literally hop into the hood and work on the engine and everything. Uh-huh. That's how much space there was. It was not needed at all. <laughs> like it was extremely excessive. Uh-huh. I don't understand. <laughs> but, but and now you we've look gone at, the other way. Yeah, I was gonna say. But you look at it, and it's like, dang, that's it's huge. But like, that's a car. And you look at some cars nowadays. It's like. It's this little mini bucket It's a clown thing. box. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're jumping in. You barely get there. I'm only freaking 5'11", mm. and I don't fit in half these cars out there nowadays. Yeah. I get in, and my knees are up in my freaking belly, and I'm just like, Meh. And even when I push the seat back, I'm barely able to just to be normal human, which mm. means that whoever's in that back seat can't be in the back seat because I've taken the entire space. I'm like, this isn't a car. It's a moped with four wheels. And then you get in, and it's all that cheap GM gray plastic everywhere. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, man, at least a, a 70s car or a 60s car had, like, maybe, like, wood paneling or just, like, it looked like natural materials instead of just, I mean, cheaper than this coaster right here. Like, ugh, uh, yeah, I don't know. Oh, anyway, that's a, we got way off on No, no, this is a new topic No, this is not what we're supposed to be here for. Dude, oh, my God, they've had interviews at E3, the E3 itself. <laughs> we Come on, this is getting crazy. <laughs> But the other cool thing I did over the weekend, went out to the Williamson Theater, watched a play called New Releases. That's one that I saw a reading of last year during their big play-a-thon that they always do. So it was cool to see it actually in person. Story about a like a video rental store closing down and the characters inside it, they inter- interact with each other. So it was nice to see like 
oh, we're talking about a movie. Look, we can actually pick up the movie. Then you see that it's, hey, look, we're talking about Mad Max. Boom. Here's the Mad Max thing. And, like, it had a lot of, like, physicality and realness to the setting and everything. It's gone now. Popcorn Falls is up next. But it was a really good show. I enjoyed myself on the video game front. Been playing Persona 4 Golden the last couple days. That's what I've been playing while E3 is on. Like, oh, this isn't too interesting to me, but Persona 4 is. Oh, my God, here comes the thing. Okay, I'll put this down for a second. Yeah, cool, neat. That's always fun. Love it. Streamed Valkyria Chronicles 4 for a little bit over the weekend. That is still amazing. It makes me happy every time I boot up that game, even when bad stuff happens, because I get to laugh at myself and be like, oh, man, that was that was bad. And then also Steins Gate Elite, which also makes me happy. It's been a happy video game week for me, which is always good. Together as a team this week, we did IG2G episode 55. Had a lot of fun with that one, I I think. What did we talk about? Oh, yeah, we talked about E3 leaks. We talked about some fun games on the release schedule. It was a good time. Indeed it was. I had a lot of fun with it, as I always do. And then, you know, we came here. And now we're doing this show, if you don't know, super early. So, you know, I'll just get that said now because it mm. might it might seem a little weird, but we're doing this on a Tuesday because I go camping in Grand Haven yeah. tomorrow. So, therefore, a little bit early. Like I said, the presentations for E3 are over, but we still got to get through all the gameplay, as I mentioned earlier. Mm. So, there you go, just officially stating we're earlier in time than we usually are in case anybody's going, what the heck's going on? There you you, you did kind of tease it earlier. Be like, yeah, the presentations are done, but there's still like eight more days of E3 yeah, exactly. left. Wait, no, there isn't. Oh, my goodness. No, Eric, no. But yeah, we're recording it early. It's been a good week. We did a bunch of fun stuff last week. Coming up next week, we don't have any shows or anything. So hit us up with a Talented Tuesday. Hit us up with some kind of question, art, some kind of special thing you want us to do. We might even have a mailbag later, but I might save that for next week. Who knows? But what I do know is, is that we got shift codes for Golden Keys in Borderlands 2 and Borderlands Game of the Year Edition. Oh, my goodness. Hit up the Twitter, the, the forums, the Instagram. Hit up your preferred shift code provider and get yourself some free loot. I was so excited because it's like we're magical. We, the last time we talked, we were like, hey, yeah, we haven't seen the Game of the Years lately, but it's because Randy Pitcher's been super busy, da-da-da-da. Mm-hmm. Sure enough, the next day, boom, Randy Pitchford throws out a Game of the Year borderlands freaking code you know why it's because they listen to the show i have 100 percent proof of this in something we're going to talk about later in the episode spoiler alert you know what i'm talking about they uh-huh. listened to the show they said no game of the years oh oh that's right boop, boop, boop. thanks for the reminder third shift boom game of the year for everybody boom beautiful beautiful that's how we do it you're welcome we love being a contributor to this wonderful company called gearbox that's, that's right. how we roll and also, we got another set of codes this week. Since it was E3 and all the influencers and everyone was there streaming and doing all the cool stuff, we got a million billion VIP codes for the Shift via the Vault Insider program. All the kinds of codes for that. So look them up. I'm sure they're everywhere. Like, literally every time Gearbox was on the TV or the computer, they were like, hey, here's a new code for fans of whatever we're on right now. Boom, IGN VIP, Admiral Baru VIP, whatever, a million billion different codes. So get all kinds of points in that system. Earn yourself some free guns, earn yourself some free skins and heads and cool unlocks for Borderlands 3 or the current Borderlands games. Indeed. And you know what? Speaking of being on the TV and being up on the stage, let's just dive right into it, all right? So, Microsoft had their conference. Sony was not here. We saw Borderlands present yet again another trailer Mm -hmm. for their game, Borderlands 3, and it was fantastic. All right? I thought this trailer was superb, spot on, music was tight, the action was grooving, they gave really cool screenshots of the different uh, characters and Mm -hmm. doing an ability or two each. Very smooth. I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, I definitely feel like this was, so far, the best trailer of the bunch. Like, I loved the last one, the little 90-second teaser, McGeezer, but this was so much better. Like you said, the music was pumping and bumping, and, like, Zane's intro thing, it was all hit, all his hits were on the music beats. It felt so good and so stylish and so fresh, and even though it wasn't a gameplay trailer, I mean, it literally said at one point, this is not gameplay, this is just fun, cool trailer, it was so hype and so just get pumped. I loved every second of it. Even though it's, like I said, camera angles from impossible things, characters doing stuff you can't do in the game, but it looked so fun and cool. And it 
it just got me even more. Got, I've got goosebumps right now, literally, just on my leg, thinking about how cool and fun it was. It. God, I just can't wait. Now, I will say that after the trailer, they did, and wait, there's more, and then wait, there's more. Mm-hmm. And this is where they revealed that the DLC, Commander Lilith and the Fight for Sanctuary, mm-hmm. was out now, available for free for all individuals who own Borderlands 2. Yep. And this is exactly, if you didn't hear, what we talked about on our last episode of IG2G. Mm-hmm. And we discussed the leaks and how it affects the developers and how it affects things coming out, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And I did feel, as I discussed there, that the leak hurt that reveal yeah. this time around because it hit. And you didn't hear, at least I didn't hear, maybe they had whitewashed the sound or something. I don't know. And that's definitely possible. I've heard they do this a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, the E3s and stuff will whitewash out all the applause and screamings to keep the, the whole thing formulaic and yeah. moving. But if they didn't, I didn't hear, you know, the big screams and applause for when that hit. It mm-hmm. kind of just, oh, yeah, here's this DLC, and then they just moved on. Like, nothing been said or done. And, of course, for all of us who love Borderlands, we're like, oh, yes, yes, this is it. Let's go. Come mm-hmm. on. Woo. Clicking the button. Download the game. Let's get in there. And, of course, being the uh, humbug bottom butt I am, I've been so busy, <laughs> I'm still not in there. <laughs> I downloaded it, but I haven't played it yet. Now, I will say I watched... This this part afterwards, I didn't watch it live, so I saw the trailer, but I didn't see the actual announcement. But I mean, I definitely agree. I saw some people who were super hyped about it, but I didn't see like the overwhelming Twitter reaction that you would expect from, "Hey, here's a cool fresh DLC we didn't know about." Oh my God, it's free right now. You know, any any kind of big blow up like that, and I got to think either one, it's due to the leak, which I'm, I feel personally 100% sure that's what it is. But the only other thing I can think of is even though everyone says the DLC is awesome and people were, you know, people who were in the know were excited about it, I almost feel like maybe it's just, hey, look, here's a DLC for the seven-year-old game. Maybe just the general unwashed masses who just want Borderlands 3 kind of went, ah, I'll just, I'll just wait. It's a couple months away. Maybe that muted the reaction. If there was a muted reaction in the building, who knows? Yeah, I was going to say, we'll never really know. I know that a lot of individuals who stream and do all the Borderlands community stuff are super stoked about it mm-hmm. and have already beaten it and are already farming the new raid boss yeah. in there. So, as is the way of things with Borderlands, the psychos have already consumed it and are wow. already farming for all their new eight level 80 gear because I think we discussed it once before, but I'll say it again. They've got the level clamp up to 80. Mm-hmm. They've got brand new legendaries, and they have a whole new class of legendaries called the Rainbow Rarity. They've mm-hmm. got new story. They've got new baddies. All sorts of freaking new stuff going on here. Yeah, I'm, I'm super excited to get into it. I mean, just like you, I haven't been sick, but I'm... You know, I, I always say I get burned out, and when I by the time I come home, I don't have enough energy to do something. So I've got it downloaded. I've got the DLC downloaded. It's installed. It's ready to go. I'm just waiting for a time when I can play it, and ideally with a friend who I play Borderlands with a lot, oh, like on a Borderlands what? night, we can drink a beer and have a lot of fun with that. Whoa. So maybe we'll have to do that next week. I don't know. We'll see if schedules well, line up. I hey, don't know. I'm, take, I'm taking my stuff Friday, and I'm going to try. Okay. We'll see. Oh yeah, you're we'll taking it up goes. there yeah, this I'm weekend. It up okay. There. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. And then I'm gonna go to the little little hooch and see if I can get on. All right, cool. I don't, you know, no promises, but I'm gonna try it out. We're gonna give, <laughs> a, we're gonna give it a solid go. <laughs> That's right. And we didn't. I mean, I did mention it by saying it's free. It's free for a month. For this month, that Borderlands Handsome Collection is available via PS Plus and also Xbox. I mean, it's on Xbox Game Pass, and I believe it's on Games with Gold. So it's free for this month, the base game. You can also get the DLC for free from, I think, what is it, the 9th of June through the 9th of July. So Mm -hmm. for the period that the game is free, you can get the DLC for free. I didn't hear what it will be after that. I think it was fourteen ninety nine or something along those lines. Okay. I mean, from what I've been hearing, that's worth it anyway, because they were saying it's quite a few hours long, actually, yeah, which I was honestly surprised by. Mm-hmm. Everybody expected it to be like a little tiny headhunter DLC, but it's mm-hmm. more along the lines of a full DLC because it has a whole new area and everything. And, and the other thing I heard through some of the later interviews, which we'll get into, is they were saying, I mean, obviously we've heard, hey, it's the setup for Borderlands 3. It bridges the gap. But I know Randy Varnell especially spoke on, again, one of those interviews about how it's going to have a lot of characters from 
Tales from the Borderlands. It's going to have a lot of characters from the pre-sequel. So you're going to get to see what happened to your favorites and how they get set up or, I don't know, maybe even go by the wayside Mm -hmm. before the events of Borderlands 3, which I thought was really cool because they could just go, ah, whatever, and just shove it into Borderlands 3 without any explanation. But they didn't, which is awesome. Indeed. And I want to know what happens to Pickles. And I want Pickles to come back and I want him to be my friend. Because I love, love, love that annoying, wonderful Pickles voice. <laughs> ah, it just makes my day. Hopefully he's there. We'll find out. I'm trying to stay spoiler-free right now, mm. so I'm not, I haven't watched any of the gameplay of it. I haven't read any of the synapses of it, or what's going on. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, like you said, I want to enjoy this. I want to get in there, have a couple beers, watch this story, go kill some psychos, mm-hmm. see what this big plant baddie's all about, which... I heard that this was like the plant people or something that was going to be introduced in the pre-sequel, but that whole DLC got scrapped. Oh, that's awesome. And so they're bringing it in here, so you're kind of getting the segue via this instead mm. years later. So it's pretty cool how it's all looping back, coming around. And as you said, the story is unfolding where everybody went, where everybody is, how we're going to get right up into the moments you start up in Borderlands 3, rip-roaring, ready to go. Oh, Yeah. And I'm definitely trying to stay spoiler-free on it as well. I I read one review, just skimmed it, went to the bottom and said, oh, look, they gave it a great review. Cool. But So if that's any of you hardcore people like Sean are out there going, why aren't they talking about the big twist and what happened with character X? It's because we don't know, and we're not going to spoil it for ourselves. When we get to play it, we're going to play it. We can talk about it next week when there's nothing else to talk about. That's right. Darn skip a straight. Matt's got the straight of it. So that was it for the main presentation. And then they went on and had a whole bunch of like just random interviews all over the place. IGN mm. had one. The E3 Coliseum itself had one. Uh, Jeff Knightley or Keeley, whatever his name is, he had one with him. Hey, you know me. I don't know names. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Even though he's like the biggest name ever. <laughs> uh, but see, I don't put anybody on a pedestal. So there you go. That's true. That's true. And there's a whole bunch of other ones, and I thought maybe we'll just go round table a little bit if there's any cool notes or any sparks of inspiration or things you caught that they talked about that we hadn't heard too much about. Mm. Just go back and forth with a little bit of that for now. Well, I damn sure caught something that we've talked about on the show before, but it was 100% proven on this one. This is from the E3 Coliseum, where Randy Varnell, Paul Sage, and I'm sorry I forgot the lady's name. I didn't write it down because I'm a bad person. I wanted to make sure I got Paul Sage's name because I knew I was going to forget it. And he was on all the other interviews. I'm sorry, I, I, got, I missed the producer's name. But they were there talking about the new gun score, which I hadn't actually heard anything about. For your inventory, you can compare guns via their relative gun score. And then obviously by all the other stats and the elements, blah, 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 blah. That's not important. What is important is that Randy Varnell confirmed that he listens to this podcast because he brought up a point that we brought up here like 4, 7, 18, 45 weeks ago, he said, oh, gosh, guys, this gun score is so cool. What I used to do is kind of kind of use, like, cost of items as my gun score before. Like, I'd pick up two, and I'd be like, well, they're close, but this one's more expensive, so it's got to be right. We talked about it on this podcast. He was sending a subtle shout-out to Third Shift going, you guys are the best. You guys are the man. Because... No one else other than Player X in the entire world would ever do that. So he, he knows. He knows. And he's, he's he on board. To. Oh, yeah. You know it had to be. It had to be a subtle shout-out because, like you said, no human being just looks at a gun's price and goes, oh, this one's more expensive, and then just puts it on. No way. No. It doesn't happen. Only Player X does it. We talked about it on the show. Mm-hmm. When they asked that question, it sparked in his brain because he listens to the show. He said, uh-huh. I remember when these goofballs talked about this moron guy who did a thing. <laughs> <laughs> and so he spouted it out because, you know, there, it filled the moment. It gave them uh, something to bounce off of mm-hmm. and keep rolling with the conversation. Oh, it was fantastic. <laughs> and, and it was extra awesome because I don't think either of the other two really jumped on it. Because if they knew, if they were in on the joke, if they were in on the reference, they would have been like, ha, 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 "Yeah, who would ever do that, Randy? That's crazy." Hmm. Instead, they gave like the quiet, awkward, like, "Huh?" They're like, "Huh? Yeah." Well, Gear Score That's eliminates right. that. <laughs> <laughs> no, he knows. He knows, and we knows now. That's I know. right. We I know. see you, Randy V. Way to go, Randy V. That's right. Now I want to back it up half a second because that Gear Score thing is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Because I am stupid. All right, I'm not as stupid as Player X. 
But that's I am stupid. Dan, Danny, I need a drop of that. We can put that on every episode of the show. Everything. That's, that's going in the I new intro. Stupid. Once we really rework the intro, hey, it's me, Eric. I'm stupid. And I like to play video games. I'm stupid. Stupid. Yeah, that's fine. Every time I miss an episode, which is once a year, you can put it in there. <laughs> now, instead of Eric's don't forget to save, just cut it out and just put I'm stupid every episode. He that's won't listen, so, so he'll never know. Boom, I'll boom, never boom. know, right? As long as you never tell me. Uh, goodness. But I thought it was fantastic because there are times, and, and here, here, I shouldn't say I'm stupid, but when we drink them beers and we're having mm. some fun, I start to lose the, the perception of what the heck's happening, yeah. and we're trying to just keep going and laughing and having more fun. And I pick up these guns, and I don't have no time nor the patience to, mm. like, go through and, like, actually look and look and then reap it, go back and forth look at when it comes up and it just compares it automatically, shows you a little window, shows you little arrows, green and red, all that good stuff, mm-hmm. what's better, what's not better, right there in front of your face on the screen, wonderful. Other games have started doing it, so I'm glad that uh, Borderlands decided to pick this up because I just think it's a sweet feature that's going to make playing this game easier and more fun for the masses out there, especially when you got all your teammates with you. And nothing's worse than having one of your buddies just go, oh, hang on, fuck it. And you stand around for freaking 15 minutes waiting for them to pick a stupid loadout mm-hmm. and so we can go. And you're like, oh, my God, it is not that deep. Let's just go. Pick some weapons. This makes it easier for that psychopath who can't figure his stuff out, and we can roll. I definitely agree with that. I agree. This definitely makes it easier for the masses. I'm one of those guys who pays a ton of attention to his stats and his element types and his other stuff on my three main guns. Usually I have a rotating fourth slot. This will be perfect for that. I got two purples. It's a shotgun, which I don't often use, and a sniper rifle, which I don't also don't often use. Uh, which ones? Both are fine. Which one has a higher gear score? All right, I'm just going to use that. Sorry, I keep, we keep saying gear score. It's called gun score because it's guns. But yeah. which one has a higher gun score? I'll just go with that one. We'll see how it works. So for, for my, my throwaway fourth slot, this is perfect for those, especially those drunken days. Ah, sure, whatever. Now I got it on. In theory, it's better. I'm putting it on, giving it a shot. Woohoo! Yeah. It's gonna be great. So they did that. And another part that I thought was pretty interesting, of course, and this is a duh moment, is mm. Maz was the focus this time around. Yeah. And they went ahead and gave out her skill tree this time, of course. Mm-hmm. And wow. Wow, I, I'd already picked her based off little to no real knowledge. Right. Just because I was like, mech, yes, gun person, yes, this mm-hmm. sounds great. And then they released this, and I was just in heaven. You get two armaments on top of her that oh. you get to choose. So you can have a rail gun, a mini gun, a grenade launcher, a mini gun, flamethrower, a rail gun, whatever. You get to pick these two things. There's a, those little homing rockets. Those yes, were, that was those were badass. Were just beautiful. Gosh, bless. The minigun was sweet because you'd aim, have that thing firing off, and, of course, mm. it'd start to get red and red and red and red and red, and red, and you'd have oh, to yeah. stop it. So it was something you had to manage while you're shooting out all these rounds. And then the builds, all of them just, well, duh, built off of those particular weapons yeah. in just crazy sweet ways. It's been all over the place. People are already starting to put together tons of builds, mm. and that I've been paying close attention to. They've already got, like, fire builds going, you know, corrosive builds, mm. uh, you know, heavy defense stuff going so you can tank and just walk around and never die. Mm-hmm. And, of course, they got that, uh, what, do they call, what do you call it, the, uh, the, where she backpacks somebody, the Donka. I, I, oh, I, I heard him say it like four times, and I never I know, right? caught the actual words. They're like, Dunkamek. And I'm like, that can't be right. Dinkamek. That's also not right. I, I just now, couldn't get it. Well, God bless it. Donkamek, yeah. Donkatonk, Donkatank, <clears throat> Tanuki Tank, you know, whatever. That Something works. along those lines. Whatever it is, you jump in, and you get to control one of the turrets up on top of the mech. Mm. And then they, in the A3 Coliseum one, in fact, he was like, hey, think about this. There's also a skill tree in which you can go ahead and throw the, get out of the mech early, eject early, and it becomes a stationary weapon of destruction, basically. Mm-hmm. And then if you have that skill, then you, yourself, or somebody else can still jump inside of it and then meet out a whole bunch of extra damage and, mm. of course, take no hits, feel great, have a good time. Yeah, I definitely thought that was awesome. The whole, I mean, everything about Moe's got me excited. And I know I, I'm sounding like a broken record because that was the same thing I said about Amara and also about Zane. But yeah, as soon as I saw the abilities, once I saw the mech in action and saw the little, like, the HUD of the mech and, like, the, the panes of the of the transparent window 
basically like it reminded me of Titanfall 2, which everybody was comparing it to too. And that felt so good. And it this looked like it would feel so good. The one thing I didn't do is go into the skill trees. Like I, I started watching Baru's breakdown of the skill tree and I can't watch somebody tell me about it. Like I have to see it and touch it myself to be able to get really into it. So I'm still waiting for that skill tree builder that they always put up. Once that happens, I'm going to be all in on all the characters, making my own crazy builds, because you know me. I like to find this one that synergizes with this, but also down the way, I'm going to be playing with these kind of weapons so and build some own crazy build like I always do. Yes, I cannot wait for them to get the freaking loadouts put up on their website so we can just play with it ourselves. I hope it's sooner than later. Yeah. I imagine it's not going to happen until they, you know, uh, Gamescom when they talk about Flack. Mm-hmm. So, unfortunately, we've still got another couple months because I think Gamescom's in August, right? I don't know. I'm going to assume so because they did specifically say they were talking about Flack in August. So if it's, okay. if it's there, then that's, that's when it Games is. That's at Gamescom, yep. yeah. Okay, so there you go. That's when they're going to be talking about him. So I imagine once all of them have been officially talked about and, and leaked, uh, not leaked out, but thrown out there to the environment, mm-hmm. that's when we'll see him finally go up and then we can all start playing. And then we don't have to rely on the streamers and everybody else to just piece together what they're getting mm-hmm. so far, which is cool. But at the same time, like you said, I want to play with it and touch it myself. And I also appreciate you were mentioning how in a mech uh, you could see the lines and the striations and all the different things. Yeah, It changes based off what your skins are. And like at one of the screenshots, she had this cool blue neon lights going through it. And oh, in another nice. one, it was like military browns and stuff. So That's awesome. And so the theory is that based off whatever skins you got her in, your mech also changes skins too. Oh, that's awesome. It it totally makes sense because even Death Trap changed colors once you switched Gage's skins around. So Uh that works. Yep. So now when that kitty cat mech that they leaked, so you get to wear it. Or is that her? Yeah, she is a kitty cat. Yeah, yeah. She looks like a weird kitty cat. That means... Bear's going to be freaking gonna, looking gonna like that. Going to have something done. Yes. Nice. <laughs> Sorry, Danny. You cannot play her. No, she's mine. <laughs> Go get your animals with flack. <laughs> no, I'm, fl- I'm flack. Oh, so okay. she's got to be. You got to be, be a Mara. Yeah. Or, or Zane. Or Zane. I almost said Moe's again. God damn it. <laughs> but, hey, we're talking about skins. That was something that they also brought up in the E3 Coliseum. I don't think they mentioned it any of the other places that I saw. Is They were specifically talking about, I mean, I got a whole bunch of appearance things I can go into, but speaking specifically on skins, one thing I thought was pretty cool is they said that weapon skins or like the, you know, like the golden skins and stuff you can put on your weapons will have different looks based on the rarity of the weapon you put it on. So if you put it on a common weapon, it's going to look you know, fine, but not very flashy. You put that shit on a legendary, it's going to be shining, gleaming, looking gorgeous. I thought that was just, I mean, obviously it's kind of a no-brainer, especially since they have the like overlay skins you can actively put on your guns. But I just thought that, that obviously, it's something we haven't had before. It's just smart. Mm-hmm. I liked it. I, when they mentioned that, I thought that was pretty neat myself. But keeping it in that same vein, I like how they also mentioned the skins on like all the treasure chests and loot chests were yes. also something they paid super close attention to. Mm-hmm. And so whenever you're in the different environments, you get the loot chests that are designed around whatever it is, like a doll, uh, Malawan, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. So it, it takes on the uh, looks of that particular brand. And that, to me, is just an attention to detail that just gets you excited mm-hmm. because I love opening treasure chests. Yeah. I mean, what gamer does it? The feel of it's amazing. And then by making it so everywhere you go, the chests are unique and have their own way of opening and their own little sparkles and shinies mm-hmm. that keeps the, uh, the, uh, the, what's the word I'm looking for? The, the, the slag, the, the sadness, the, the, the wear and tear. You know, when you do something a million times, it gets oh, boring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the diminishing you know, returns of opening yeah, it, all it, these chests. Exactly. So, yeah. it, keeps that, it keeps that around a lot longer keeps you happy a lot longer because you're getting the different looks and the different feels to them. So I like that. Plus, like you said, with the different skins on the different legendaries versus the epics versus the blues. And then on top of it all, you still, as in Borderlands 2, get these guns that could be completely, we might get a doll, you know, hand grip, the freaking Malawan, uh, the mm-hmm. barrel, etc. So you never know what you're going to get. And then you never get rarity. Then the skins on top of it. Oh, 
So nice. Yeah, you brought up two different things I also wanted to talk about. A, the treasure chests, which I just said were awesome. Like, I like the idea of, especially if there's an area where all kinds of chests can spawn, and you run up and, what's it going to be? Oh, it's a Maliwan chest. I'm super excited. It's a doll chest. I know I'm going to have different firing modes to switch between. I love the idea of having at least an idea of what could be in it before you open it, in addition to it being styled for that specific manufacturer. Super awesome. And then you said it. I was going to bring it up, but I was like, eh, maybe this is a little too nitty-gritty. Them having so many specific like parts or like functions on each gun, so you can vary that all up. I mean, obviously, I feel like they had that to at least some degree in Borderlands 2, but I just like the idea of even if you get two common doll pistols, they're not just going to look like the doll pistol. The hand grip can be different. The barrel can be different. The sight can be different. Just the, the randomness of that. So it's not just like it happened in Borderlands 2. I got the Vladov pistol. It looks like the Vladov pistol. Yeah, I mean, some I still, of them, I still some of them use did, it, but you know. But there were some that were varied. I mean, some yeah. of them would like the like the unkept heralds. You could get mm. it with the uh, the blade, not with the blade. You know, get it with the this, right, this right. hand grip, that hand grip. But it wasn't super, you know, detailed. It was if you were super in to Borderlands Two, you knew the differences yeah. and you could spot it. But for us crazies who drank beers and played it a hundred million hours, uh-huh. we didn't pay attention to that. It wasn't, <laughs> you know, we just saw the stats and went, okay, this one's got you know, this extra magazine size, whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't like, oh, okay, because the magazine size, it means it's banded, whatever. Yeah. It was just, ah, it's got this. Okay, cool. Whereas in this one, they're making it sound like it's going to be pr- more pronounced. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, at, did he say you're able going to be able to actually modify it? I don't think they said that. I th- they, okay. they just said if you see, you know, the typical undercarriage, you're going to have an idea of what the stats would of be. Of what it is. So you'll know, you'll just, based off what it looks like, you'll be able to tell what your friends have without actually having to check out their piece sometimes. Mm. So that's something to look at in the future. Maybe if you could actually build your guns or modify something like Division does. Woo, that'd, man, be, that'd be so uh, much. That'd, that'd be, be so too crazy. crazy. Uh, you're right. It's too much. It's too much. Never mind. Now, Never mind. something on that same vein, and they actually, like, segued straight into it on I believe, again, believe it was the E3 Coliseum, they were talking about the same kind of thing applying to the enemies. Like, there's so many different types of psycho masks and way they can build the psychos or whatever enemies it is, but if they have their mask, like, a certain way, or, like, they were talking about the dinosaurs on Eden 6, if they got this kind of tail and this kind of head, they're going to have these kind of attacks. Just making it easier for you to understand what it is that enemies do or can do. And I'm thinking, just brainstorming right now, thinking of like the grenadiers in freaking rage 2 they always looked different than just straight up melee or gun mm. people so i'm excited to see at least in theory from what i understand this kind of stuff coming to borderlands where you have so many crazy types of enemies but if you know it's like a sideways mask and he's got the shoulder pad up here maybe he's going to be a rusher melee or he's got a shotgun back there I, I like that idea. And it gives you an idea of who to control. Yeah, you know, Especially exactly. when you start to get into the upper echelon, last, you know, end game material. You and your buddies can say, okay, you know we got to get rid of all those guys, all three of them with the shoulder pads, smoke them, because mm-hmm. if they get in on us, we're going to get killed in one hit, and the game over allows for some strategy and some good times with your friends, which is also very much appreciated. Oh, yeah. Now, I will say that they mentioned something here, and it reminded me of two things, all right? And I, it's, I'm kind of going back to the loot here, so jumping okay. a little bit. They said they got these new little loot, uh, loot people. Uh, oh my God, the name's escaping me. The loot tinks. Loot tinks. There you go. That instead of just being, you know, this random little thing that pops up and just kind of sputters off into space or whatever, <laughs> or just some big bloated, you know, creature that just runs at you like all the rest of them do, mm-hmm. it functions a lot like in Diablo, Diablo 3, whenever the little loot goblins come out, they're just sitting there going, and if you start shooting them, they start busting loot out of them like a pinata, and they start running away, and mm-hmm. they try to build a portal and jump through the portal, and in this case, they open, they try to, like, rift into the ground and disappear through some purpley, hazy crap. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, that's cool, and it reminded me of that stupid leprechaun exactly, from the yes. DLC. See, yes, <laughs> that we chased around all the time. And I went, yes, I cannot wait mm-hmm. to be drunk and to say, Lou Tang. <laughs> then we just run around like idiots shooting. Where is he? Where is he? Yeah. Where is he? He's going go, south. Don't oh, go. What's that? What way south? Exactly. Oh, that is good times waiting to happen right there. Oh, I yeah. cannot wait for it. 
I was so stoked when I heard that. I went, yes, yes. I can't wait to see it. And then go, Matt, stop running that way. <laughs> and I like the inversion. Hey, there's another proof that they listened to the podcast. They heard about the legendary loot loader bot that flew away into the sky. I don't think they do that. I think that was a glitch because he, mag- he magically went through the ceiling. They yeah, went, he did. Oh, if they like it when it goes up, how, how they're going to like it so much more when they dig down into the they earth and disappear. Yeah. See, they knew we were listening. They knew we loved chasing the leprechaun mm-hmm. because we're idiots. And then they, just put, it, they put it all together. They went, we got the perfect thing for these idiots. <laughs> but I do like that because it makes sense. Like if you're carrying a bunch of you know, expensive, important Blue. things, you're going to try to escape. And the only place to escape other than glitching into the sky in the last game was nothing like run around in a circle and get shot. So I like the idea of once you find it and you aggro it, you got to go and get it quick. And I think the one they showed in the gameplay footage, he was throwing out little turrets too. So he, you know, to defend himself while he's trying to dig down. I like the idea of an additional challenge and a timed thing. Dude, don't aggro the thing. Oh, we did it. Got to get it now. All right. Now it's everyone's aggroed and it's a big hail of just destruction and, impossible things to do I, I like it i like it i love it a lot i really do and speaking of loving that a lot and you were talking about the dinosaurs and all that in this particular preview with Moz and whatnot they're on eden which is like the homeland of jacobs yep so you they said you're gonna get to go see their rich mansions this and that and maybe shoot it up that's what randy vardell was saying mm-hmm. and then they're like of course when you go to the Malon world they got all that different aesthetic they got the night day cycles going oh yeah so the variety that they're talking about in these interviews of the places you're going to go and the different climates and environments, baddies, et cetera, you're going to mm-hmm. see. And, of course, just in the day-night cycles, they were like, hey, you know, we got that, but I don't think you understand the importance of it because we wanted to make it feel right on these different planets with extremely different suns at different areas. So mm-hmm. we had to make sure the lighting was right for what we wanted and it was unique. And I was like, man, once again, attention to detail, really cool small things that are just going to make this a super immersive, fun varied environment instead of where like you know back in the day i love borderlands but you know it's pandora 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 yeah this is gonna be great yeah i definitely agree with that and then in addition to planets they were talking about how you have specific like crew missions on each of these planets and we saw it a little bit in the you know the gameplay reveal event all the streaming stuff because i think zero had some like high value targets you could find underneath or like find like a little brawl arena where you had to clear out the little bug monster things they showed they didn't really explain it but they showed another one with moxie who obviously these people are going to be on your ship so anytime you go to the planet it's not just going to be the side quests there from the npcs it's not just going to be the main quest it'll be all the people you brought with you wanting you to do stuff on these planets to keep it fresh to keep you coming back to eden six when you know moxie goes oh hey sugar i got a problem over here if you go to these six planets maybe you already cleared the story missions but it'll give you another reason to come back see the rare spawn, see the, you know, find more good loot. I like the idea of just more stuff to do in these places where there's already all this other crazy stuff to do. It's great. Two points on there. Two points. All right. One, I got to say right now before I forget, they showcased a Battleborn Easter egg in there Mm -hmm. this time around with a rare spawn named El Dragon Jr. Mm -hmm. And they put him in the very last skin they ever gave him which was the Borderlands skin, yep. and then brought him into this a little bit smaller, and all he does is run at you and try to clap you to death. Yep. Yep. It was awesome. Mm. I went, thank you, Randy Bardell. Thank you, Gearbox team, anybody who's involved who managed to sneak these little Easter eggs in there for us. Oh, yeah. That's glorious. And then he said uh, that these rare spawns have like 20... 20% chance to spawn for you. Mm-hmm. And then if they do, like it'll automatically open up a quest to go kill one for like your buddy yep. to encourage your buddy to get in there and help or do it again. Oh, and yeah, you come right. with him. Mm-hmm. Yes, that was super sweet. And then on top of it, they were like, hey, and what if he drops a legendary that you don't need or don't want? We got a mailbag mm-hmm. that you could send it to your buddy who's offline or not playing right there. And now when he or she gets on, you're welcome. I just got you a really cool RPG that I'm never going to use. Congratulations. That is totally awesome because there's so many weapons that I never use and usually one of us will go, I don't know, I guess I'll take it and sell it. So if I can just be like, oh, look, I'm, I'm farming today. I'm not really a farmer, but I'm, I'm doing side quests around here. I got a bunch of SMGs and Eric really loves those. Boop, 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 pop them in the mail. They said even if you don't do that, 
if you sell a, a weapon or an item in your vending machines, it has a chance to pop directly to your buddy's vending machine the next time he gets on. So he has a chance to get what you didn't want, even if you don't directly sell it to him. That's freaking crazy. That's nuts. It is. I, 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 when I heard that, I was like, oh, this is it. Mm-hmm. This is how I finally get legendaries That's because right. all the others will play by themselves and they'll get the legendaries, but they'll get something that they don't want and mm-hmm. they'll send it my way and I'll just be rained down with this heavenly legendary loot and I'll be a happy little banana for the first time ever. No, you know what will happen is I'll sell a bunch of legendaries. You'll find them in the vending machines and go, I'll do, but I'm I broke. There's them. this really cool gun in here. Can you spot me some cash, dude? Oh, uh, no, no, B, I'm sorry. No, uh, sorry, man. Why'd you put it in here in the first place? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but speaking of the legendary loot, you kind of, I think you briefly mentioned it, but I want to come over it one more time in case it's not what you're talking about. He said there's hidden environments and zones within the areas. Ooh, see, for I you to find out. He, he says he loves to explore the environments, mm. and so they made sure to put in hidden alcoves and things like that with little secret bosses yes. and little... Just like they sort of did in Borderlands 2 with like the Minecraft thing and stuff. Oh, yeah, but he yeah. said they, they expanded on that. Good. So there's going to be way more of that because he loves that aspect of it, and he wants to promote people to just go in and play and just get in those environments, really take a peek around because they spent so much time making it. And, then of course, he mentioned that it's not cel-shaded. It's some other kind of art that's, like, extremely difficult and takes a lot of work. And I was like, eh, okay. Yeah, they said they hand-inked every single one of those textures or items or whatever. So it's not just like a you put it in the sh- the cel-shading program and it boop, pops out like that. Like yeah. their artists went in and physically rendered every single one of those things. Which is insane. It yeah. shows because it looks awesome. Yeah. But I just wanted to make sure that was mentioned that there are going to be hidden alcoves with all sorts of cool little secrets and then loot, obviously, that you can get for doing it, mm-hmm. which is perfect for us because that's what we do. We get drunk, we drink beers, we start rolling around looking for the Borderland symbols, which, oh, yeah. by the way, nobody that I've heard yet has asked where the hell are the Borderlands symbols. What's wrong with these people? And Danny and I totally forgot about it the last time we were talking about live streams. And yeah, where are they? That's a, Maybe nobody else had to drink when they found one. Maybe that's it. Or, or forced their friends maybe to drink. They, they maybe there was one. no punishment for it, so they just it's this thing they don't really care too much about. Uh, Except for to go on Google weeks later just cheating. You know, go grab them go, all. Oh, so hey, guys, better drink. <laughs> <laughs> I totally didn't know where that was. <laughs> Slap you in the face. <laughs> but we're talking about helping out your friends. We're talking about exploring with your friends to find Borderlands symbols and make your friends drink. Another thing you can do with your friends, they did confirm this in two separate interviews. One was the Mean Mug and Anthony interview on Twitch, and one, I believe, was during the PC gaming show because Paul was there for that, answered a bunch of audience questions. Duels are back. You can duel your buddies if you choose to. If you guys decide to fight over a piece of loot in traditional Borderlands rules, you can do that. But the other thing, and i got to pull up my notes so I can actually read them because I wrote it down. The question was, will duels be back? He said yes. They said what about other kinds of PvP? And Paul did one of these. He went, uh, mm, uh, well, yes and no. So there is some kind of other PvP. Maybe it's not directly, you know... Project it- 1v1, Project 1v1. I'm going to tell you right now. Because remember those crazy-looking neon lights? Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, that we saw? Oh, that's a, that looks like a freaking Malawan world to me. <laughs> You know what and, I'm saying? And hey, they do listen to this show. It's been proven. We've been talking about it forever. It's got to be right. They probably uh, had it in mind for something else. Went, mm, those guys, they're bright boys. We're going to put it in there. I hope. I really hope. that You know, we get almost everything wrong. We Almost everything we get wrong. So you know what? That would be the one nugget. That one nugget that we've held to all these mm. years that comes true, that validates everything. Yes, And like we've said, it just makes sense. Because you wouldn't bring your, your Borderlands character in there. Maybe, like we've talked about before, maybe you have like a Mollywan robot that you buy as your combat robot. And Rock here's, em, sock em robots. Yeah, and, and here's the cards you can equip to your robot. So it's, it's PvP, but it's not your character, your player character yeah. versus player character. It's and the it's controlled be, because of the cards and the environments, yeah. etc. So it's not like the traditional PvP Destiny style that people are generally talking about. Right. So it is yes and no PvP. Exactly. I'm telling you right now. They haven't, and then they haven't mentioned anything really about the artifacts yet. 
So that's a whole other shtick we got to get onto. I mean, goodness. They did mention it a little bit in uh-huh. in one of them. I can't remember which one it was, but they said those were for modifying movement. So like maybe you can slide longer. Maybe every and they there were two examples they used. One was extending your slide, which if you can slide around, I'm all for that. But then they also said maybe every time you slide, it sets off an explosion, like a nova around you each time you hit the deck. So I'm excited to see. A, I love the sliding and the mantling as it is. I want to see what else you can do to modify movement because that just makes walking across. Bring back the butt stomp. Bring back the butt stomp. Well, Mose was doing that in half the gameplay. Yeah. You saw uh-huh. that. Oh, I saw her come mm-hmm. racking down like that. It didn't do. A, I didn't do a lot of damage the couple times I did see it, mm-hmm. but I'm sure that was just because of the proximity of the baddies or whatever. Yeah. So I saw it, but I was kind of like, "Is that is that a bus stop? Is that what I think it is?" Because everybody was sort of far away the two times I saw it anyway in the, in the little gameplay video. And I saw her do it once on top of an enemy, and I feel like it did a little bit more damage, but it wasn't like okay. boom, instant kill or anything. Because she, so cause she like grabs a knife out. and like yeah, chops and just it goes, down. Doosh. Yeah. I saw it. It looks really cool, so I hope that is the equivalent of the butt stomp because mm-hmm. I love that. I just love – I am that person who just loves to melee, get away like an idiot, shotguns blazing, jump in, butt stomp, punch, melee, <laughs> shoot, shoot, shoot. Did we win? No? I'm, gr- I'm gr- grenades, grenades, all the grenades out. Okay, Did we win? Did we win? Yes. Was I helpful? Not really, but uh, not you had all. you had fun putting out the fart cloud butt stomp. So that's, that's right. That's all that matters. And you threw all your grenades everywhere. Good job. <laughs> it's called a distraction, man. That's right. It's a legit. <laughs> it's a legit strategy. All right. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> Goodness. But I, I don't know. I, I am trying to think. You know, rack my brain here for any other tidbits or notes that really uh, struck my fancy. They did talk about Flack. They revealed his voice. Oh, yeah, that's right. You know, obviously Gamescom is when they're going to really talk about Flack, but they, as a side mention, they did say who he's voiced by, and that is uh, the famous YouTuber guy named Sungwon Cho. Mm-hmm. I honestly, I don't know much about him. I haven't listened or watched him or any of that, so I'll have to check him out and see what uh, all the hus fuss is about, and hopefully he's cool and I'll be excited too. Yeah, I don't know a lot about him. I've seen some of his stuff, but it's usually like 30-second or less videos where he's you know, impersonating other characters. I believe I've heard that he does voice acting or has done voice acting over the past couple of years. So good to see him, and congratulations to that dude. Indeed. And then as another side note, they did uh, go ahead and release everybody to say who they're voicing yeah, yeah. of the characters who hasn't yet. And so I don't know if at this point Zane has mentioned who... He's voiced by her yet. I think that was a big thing. It was like, oh, Zane's hiding on a saboteur mission. I wonder who he's voiced by. Hmm. But I haven't seen anything since then, so I don't know if it's all out there in the wilderness or not. But they are able to say who they are. So hmm. by now, I'm sure it's public notice. So if you're interested to know who voice acted all these characters, it's out there for you. And definitely, if you're interested, hit up our buddy Jim Ferranda's Twitter account because anytime he sees one, he retweets it. That's how I know who half of the people are that we've announced so far. Is because yeah. I mean he's voice acting community. He's excited for everybody. So props to him for sharing it for everybody. And what's really cool is we've had Jim Frone on the show before. Mm-hmm. Great guy, fun times. See now we'll have to get him to put in a good word for us. There we go. And we'll start to get some of these other voice actors on and really go to town with how they got where they are, how it was voicing these new characters and some favorite moments. That kind of stuff. It'd be a good time. It'll be super cool because, I mean, a lot of them are like Gearbox devs or Gearbox employees. So if you get them on the show in a Gearbox capacity, then you can also branch out into, hey, how did you, A, get to be able to voice these characters? And what's your opinion as someone who probably wasn't a voice actor at all? What did you like about it? What was strange about it? What was hard for you? And then maybe I could just like slide in there and be like, hey, you know what? I could do really cool voices. I do a really great Mad Hatter voice, apparently, even though I've never done it consciously in my whole entire life. If you need somebody who sounds like the Mad Hatter, oh, guys, I, could, I can't even do it because I don't know how to yeah, do it. The heat is on now. The heat is on. You got to do it subconsciously. <laughs> oh, geez, fellas. There it is. Oh, I don't know. That's it's like half Mickey Mouse. No, now. Matt, you can't go to the voice actor. You know what? It's too late. It's too late. It's not too you late. Gotta, you got can't do it. We you just don't want late. me to succeed. That's what it is. No, because I'd be forced to go and try and, and hopefully succeed, but may probably fail and be sad about it. If they want someone to do terrible accents, you're the man. I am the man. If you want a racist caricature of somebody you can't. No, I can't say that. God Stop it. it. I can do actual voices fantastic, just not accents. So. 
But if you any cartoon, yeah, there I you can go. do it. Cartoons would be my gimmick. That's that's what I got. Because <laughs> yeah, I'm not doing accents. Halfway is ten sentences, and I'd be fucking all over the place. <laughs> I used to be better, but like I said, man, I don't like the voices, uh, so I can't practice anymore. Sad. Damn it. All right, off topic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so one last thing for me in the in the stuff they talked about in one of these interviews thing, they were talking about I think it was in with a GameSpot interview that Varnell and Paul Sage were doing. The GameSpot people had just had the Gears of War five developers on, and they were talking about how to change things up but also keep the core of Gears. They took that question, and kind of threw it to Randy and Paul, and said, you know. For this new iteration of Borderlands, since it's been seven years since the you know the last major entry in the series, what did you find difficult in how to evolve it, but also keep the the pillars of Borderlands? And they said, obviously, one of the pillars is the guns. They obviously went nuts, so evolving that. And then another one was the tone. And they were saying it was interesting finding a balancing act between having fun characters, but having they need to have a reason to be fun and silly. You can't just have somebody being a crazy character for no reason in this story that you're trying to tell. Like they said, like some of these characters go through a lot of stuff. Like there's some serious stuff in Borderlands three and you sort of got a little bit of that in two, but I feel like that went way in the silly zone. Like even when we're taking down handsome Jack, I'm like, ah, oh, but he's just a silly guy who likes to have fun and joke about butts and stallions and stuff. So they were talking about kind of taking it to a, a darker, more serious place, but also finding that balance of tone of not too serious, but also not too silly without any reason for it. I thought that just, you know me, I like to think about things as like an intellectual concept. as That as a project to work on sounds really cool and interesting to me. Yeah, that conversation I vaguely remember. I think I watched it a day ago or something. I don't remember. But I did take away that that whole shtick as you were talking about that it was in the the tone the tone part you're talking about it it extended to the characters but they also said they extended it to like the loot they wanted to make sure that the gravitas with some of the loot Mm -hmm. was was there but at the same time they've got that whack wacky crazy way of getting some things to you Mm -hmm. that you know and love from borderlands and then they had this story and maybe i'm maybe i'm mixing up some of these interviews but then he went into detail about how one of the of the guns you get is from uh, a character who you got to shoot in the bum. Yeah, yeah. So you got to shoot him in the bum, and then once you go through this whole shtick, it's a bunch of ridiculousness. This this gun's called the butt plug, mm-hmm. and then it has like red text. And, and he said we wanted to get stuff like that in there, but we wanted to make it not too much. Yeah, like you said, so that way it's not too over the top, and we're not just crazy bananas, silly and ridiculous the whole time, but. That without that, you wouldn't also have Borderlands, mm-hmm. and it just goes on to just validate what you're talking about. Is that balance they tried to strike with keeping it ridiculous, but at the same time having a reason for it to be there, and then always having it uh, balanced with something more serious uh, that you can grasp onto and actually appreciate for you know the story wise. And, and another thing I, I appreciated that Randy Varnell said is, and we know it because none of their games have gone this direction. But they were saying trying to find ways to be outlandish without just being, like, stupid and raunchy. Because Borderlands has always been a, like, PG, PG-13-ish kind of a game. They bleep out the really heavy swears. The violence isn't all that over-the-top and brutal or anything. And nothing's like that, you know, no sexual jokes, no outright, like, disgusting jokes, anything like that. I was saying that. there's innuendo, innuendo, but yeah, it yeah. never goes like full on. Exactly. And I, I, as somebody who's getting older and says, I'm, I'm growing out of silly, stupid stuff like that, obviously I'm joking about that, but it's nice to just not go to the lowest common denominator. How do we be silly? Well, make guns that just shoot poop out. It's, poop is funny. You know, just keeping a silly, outrageous tone without going off the deep end. But at the same time, they do have a gun that shoots hamburgers. Which is hilarious. That is pretty funny. And I can't, I can't wait to shoot a gun with hamburger. <laughs> and see, that's a nice, clean, hilarious thing. Mm, indeed it is. So I, I appreciate what they were talking about. I am excited. I hope this story in general is very, very in-depth and mm. engaging. Because I would love... I already love the characters to yeah. death. But I would love to really just 
want to know, like I do with some of my favorite books, you know, just mm-hmm. want to know what the heck is going on with them, what's going on next. Oh, and if someone dies, have that feeling, like, like actually, like, oh, my God, what the hell just happened? Mm-hmm. I don't appreciate this. Holy crap. Instead of just going, oh, well, oh, Jake's out of the story. All right. I mean, basically like Roland was in Borderlands 2. I mean, obviously people who played a ton of one as Roland have more connection to him. But in that story, he was just a voice on the Echo thing that said, go pick up the thing, go over there. It wasn't like a big deal to me. I mean, now maybe since I've been through 2 and the pre-sequel and Tales from the Borderlands, I'll have more connection to a lot of these characters. But yeah, if they're, if they're putting a lot more heavy moments and serious moments in the story, I want to feel those. I want to... I wanna, yeah have those moments of holy crap he sacrificed himself so we could get away that kind of stuff well we know they did it because as you're talking about they did it with scooter yeah oh well, yeah and scooter and was a perfect example yeah of that. hey I, I cared about scooter as he annoying and stupid as he was mm-hmm. and i was like oh no and he's like no i got this you know catch a ride i'm like no no scooter go, go. Oh, man, and that moment and how you could memorialize him on the thing. Oh, mm-hmm. man, God, that was good. That was so good. That was so good. So we know they got the chops. We know they got it in them. And I know that that particular moment was made by the help of Gearbox, but also from the uh, Telltale the Telltale people. guys, yeah. But you know what I'm talking about. They wouldn't have put that out there if Gearbox had it, looking at it, and said, yeah, we're, in, we're cool with this. We oh, understand. Yeah. We like this. And probably dabbled, especially since it's the death of a character. I'm sure they had a hand in it. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, but that was it for me, Matt. I don't think I took away anything else. There's probably something I'm missing, but once again, I'm going to blame it on the sickness. I got two quick things. You got two ones? Okay. Two quick things. They're not anything related to the streams or anything. One, they had big-ass statues of all the vault hunters at the E3 booth. That looked so dope and so cool. I, I mean, they showed off the construction of the Calypso twin statues. I didn't see anything about vault hunters being there. Those looked awesome. The whole room's decked out awesome, just like it was at the reveal thing. So cool. I wish I was there. I got so jealous when I saw all that stuff. Yeah, those statues were flipping amazing. Mm-hmm. And one of these days when I sneak into the gearbox facility through the ceiling, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm frog crawled across the walls, mm-hmm. I'm going to get to see those statues in the building. And it's going to be a glorious day for me. You get to take like a Mission Impossible selfie, like Spider-Man down from the ceiling and just yeah, click. Yeah, hang there in my black suit. Why is it upside down? Hey, I was upside down. <laughs> you don't need to know. Need to know basis, boys and girls. But yeah, the E3 presentation area looks fantastic. Mm-hmm. 2K Gearbox went all out. A whole bunch of the Gearbox employees are there to help out, have fun, talk to the uh, individuals coming into play. And I believe it was uh, Scott who said it was already flipping packed and they hadn't even mm-hmm. let the standard civvies in yet. So you know people are going to be there playing that game, having a great time over the next few days. We're going to see all sorts of gameplay on Eden with, you know, Moz and whatnot. Oh, yeah. Can't wait. And, hey, speaking of Moz and Eden 6, which we mentioned a ton of times in this episode, I was like, man, there's got to be something new on GearboxLoot.com, right? Oh, yes, there's like four new shirts. One is like a Moe's shirt with like a, a Vladoff Army symbol. And on the back, it's got Iron Bear, which looks awesome. There's like an Eden 6 Safari shirt that looks like a Safari poster. It's like, Safari at Eden 6, Safari so goody. And then there's a couple other ones, one with Maya and one with mouthpiece in kind of like a retro like neon 80s kind of style so if you like shirts and who doesn't like shirts you got to wear them every day to cover up your body go get some new shirts at gearboxloot.com i want that most shirt i want it i do too oh yeah bad i might just go buy it you know what gonna have to do that and before we start to do the wrap-up i will very quickly say on the three show floor they've got a mouthpiece statue head portion that you can win there so if you go sign up, play the demo, come back, put it in your thingy, you're entered to win a mouthpiece head. Hey, some, somebody put my contact info in that drawing, please. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Randy Varnell. Stupendous. I know you Stupendous listen to this. is there. Stu. Stupendous is there. Stu, put Third yeah. Shift in there. Get Third Shift in there, man. <laughs> Holy smokes. Oh, that's awesome. Hey, congrats oh, to Stu. Longtime know, friend right? of the show. He's a good dude. Well, not only is he a good dude, but he's got his own business going now. Oh, yeah. He's doing, yeah, he's hiring voice actors and voices and this and that and having a good time. As you see, now he's going to the big E3 events. Mm-hmm. He's got the mixer stuff happening. He's rocket launching off into a great and lovely career. That's great. Hey, I'm happy for him. Great job, Stu. Yeah, I'm going to ride his coattails. I'm jumping on, Stu. <laughs> Take me with you. We've established that Eric will be a poor voice actor, but I can do it. If you need someone to do a Mad Hatter voice, apparently, I will I will do it for you, Stu. 
Oh, come on. Jeez, oh, Pete. This is where I Danny splices in. That one time I did it really good oh, when we were doing stupid. the IG2G stuff. That's This is where it goes, Danny, right here. You put Bloop. that in. Oh, my favorite guys, Eric and Matt. Hey, take it away, fellas. They just put, I am stupid. That's what you put for Eric. Yes, there we go. Voice acting showdown. Because I am stupid. <laughs> Terrible. So I think that pretty much wraps up our Gearbox at E3 coverage. I mean, we saw a lot of good stuff. I can't wait to go back and watch some more of the interviews that I missed, just in case there's a little tidbit in there, because you know there's always a tidbit. Oh, yeah. We'll catch a little bit more. I mean, like you said, we've got all the E3 crap to talk about next time. We've got more mm. gameplay that we're going to see arise and more interviews that they're having over the next few days. It's a good time to be alive. It's a good time to be a Borderlands fan. Yeah, I knew it was coming. Yes. I knew it was coming. <laughs> But what do you guys want to see? Are you still waiting for Flack? Is Mo's your girl? Are you still sticking with Amara and Zane? Let us know via email at info at thirdshift.me. Tweet it at us at thirdshiftme. Or find us on Facebook under Third Shift. We got the mailbag thing, but I'm not going to answer that this time. Sorry, person who sent it in. You're out of luck. We'll get you next time. I swear we'll read it on the air for we you. We will. When I'm not sick and I've got way more energy, we can go to town with it. I want to do it oh, yeah. right, so we'll do it right then. By gods. But for now, if you like what you hear, hey, consider heading over to the Patreon. We have it set up like a little tip jar. You like what you hear, throw in a dollar, two dollars, three dollars, any sort of wonderful amount up to that coveted one million dollars, in which case we will stop everything we're doing, buy a food line, and stock a shelf with babies in jars because that's what we promised and have a dancing mascot. So if you're feeling very generous, please consider doing that. Or just giving us a normal amount. Or, you know what, if you can't afford to, that's cool too, because we're going to keep going no matter what. You can also support us, though, by giving us the likes on the Facebook, the five-star ratings on the iTunes. Go give us the subscribes and the follows and the love over on Twitch. Any of these wonderful things would help us out. Absolutely. And, of course, this podcast drops every Friday, so we'll be back in your ear holes on the 21st of June for our very next episode. And you can find that episode on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Podbean, on Spotify, and on YouTube. Man, I felt so bad not doing that for our E3 Leaks episode for IG2G. It really really didn't feel right. But what does feel right is if you like what we're doing and you'd like to help us out, please give us a like, a rating, review, a comment, a subscription, any kind of good thing on any one of those good services because it does help us out. And we really do appreciate it. Indeed we do. The five stars, I'm telling you. I ain't seen one, boys and girls. I ain't seen one in a while. Y'all letting us stagnate. We're going to start to die, and I'm going to have to seek out them five stars. I've told you. I've warned you. <laughs> There's a reckoning coming. I better hear five stars soon. Oh, boy. And with that, man. <laughs> but until that point, <laughs> there's something else to say, but... Don't forget don't to save. Don't forget to save. Shut up and sit down.